looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. How you do it and your love and your proper motives. And at the same time, your, your humility when you know you've blown it and you know you violated God's principle in child growth and development. And you don't run away and quit and give up, but you go back to the Lord and you say, Lord, I've blown it. Thank you for your grace and mercy. And you receive it from the Lord and you then forsake whatever that style was that was wrong and you start over as a do-over. How are you as a parent? And then how are you as a professional person? Or maybe out there as a provider for your family, outside of your role as a person, partner, parent, and just see yourself out in the world of work. God is watching. Do you show up on time? Do you leave on time? Are you taking things from your job that you shouldn't? Are they seeing you talk behind your boss's back? Are you critical? Are you gossip? Do you steal? Do you lie? Are you sleeping around? Are you stealing from the company? He's watching all of that. Or maybe you're doing none of it, but you wish you could. And so now he's looking at the motives. And at the same time, he sees everything that you do right. You come in early, you leave late, you give stuff to the company where they don't give back to you. You put other people first. You don't take credit for stuff that other people did. You're the kind of person that's there that's honoring the boss and all the principles of that corporation, company, or business. You're doing it. And God sees that as well. Maybe another way to look at it would be, how are you in a couple of the F's in your life? Your family? He's evaluating your relationship as a friend? Your relationship even with your finances and how are you using the money that God has put into your management? How about your foes and how do you treat your foes? Are you loving them as an enemy rather than trying to have them feel the same pain you are but going at it a different way? So I don't know and I'm not here to gripe or grind on you. I just want all of us to realize that we are living in the presence of a holy and just God who is evaluating every thought, every word, every deed, and every motive that we do. And that's only part of it. Let me go show you another verse. This was the verse we gave to our boys. Probably Proverbs 5.21 would have worked just as good as Jeremiah 16.17, but we chose Hebrews 4.13. And here's what it says. Nothing in all creation can hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. Everyone and everything that we have done, we have to do that before him. And we're going to have to give an account. Now, there's something interesting about this verse. It is not just in the future tense that I will give an account. Look at it. It says, everything is naked before him. We cannot hide. That means it's happening right here in the presence. Now, I want to bring this message to a close because it is such a scary message sometimes. But I've got a couple things I'd like to say, and I'd like to divide what I'm going to conclude with before I give you the practical. I want to divide you into three groups. Now, you have to get up and move around. The first group I want to speak to for just a moment, to those who are outside the faith. And some of you have a caricature picture of God that was given to you by a non-theologian about how weird God is, how mean God is, or whatever else God is, or you've been given a caricature of God by someone who doesn't know Scripture. I hope a little bit today you know at least one part of God, and that is that He is everywhere present, that He is just and holy. You do have to give an account of your life. And I have to tell you that as much as God loves you, and you're going to see in just a moment how much He does, how doomed you really are. While I was gone on this trip, I was doing a study on a little bit on hell. And I didn't do the message that uh, Pastor Dennis did, which was phenomenal. Get a copy of it. You ought to listen to it. It's great. 
But as I was going through this message, uh, I was thinking it was it actually was under the, the umbrella of evangelism. And in it, while I was studying it, it was going through the awfulness of what happens to a person once they die. Now, we're all underneath the condemnation of the Lord. But when we die, we'll spend eternity separated from him forever and ever and ever. And the horribleness of that place, being separated from God forever in a black place, feeling pain that we'll never be able to be extinguished from, no matter what. That's the lostness. John chapter 3, verse 16 is a very familiar verse. And you that are outside the faith, this is a verse for you to hang on to. And it goes like this. For God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his only son, that's Jesus Christ, that if you would believe in him, you wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. And the next verse is so cool because he says, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn you. He's not a monster God. He didn't come into the world to condemn you. He came into the world to save you. Now, why did he save you? Because he knows what's coming afterwards if you don't. Then the next verse is the key part of it, which says this. Very simple. He says, I didn't come to condemn you, but he that believes not is condemned already only because they haven't believed. So it's not based on your deeds or your works, whether it's social or religious. It's based on your belief. And it's not just belief. It's based on the object of your belief, which is Christ. And here's the key. You're already condemned. You then suffer the physical condemnation after death. Now, that's the kind of God that you would want to fear. Now, you can do two things. You could try not to believe it. You can say that stove's not hot. All you got to do is put your hand on it when it's turned on and you'll burn yourself. So you don't have to believe it, but you will suffer the consequences. Or what you could do is this. And that's what that whole passage is talking about. You could see the awfulness of being condemned now and in the future. Lost. Condemned. But see within that that the Lord says, this is where you're going. But because I'm a loving God, a compassionate God, a gracious God, a merciful God, I suffered your condemnation for you on the cross. I died for you up there. I prevent you from having experienced any of that. So yeah, fear a God that'll do that, but also relish and worship a God who'll prevent you from all of that by placing your faith alone in Jesus Christ. John 3.18 continues on, then John 3.36 says you're condemned again. John 5.24 says you're condemned again. But all of it's underneath the fact of rejecting the grace, the love, the mercy of God. So what you want to do now is to see the consequence of sticking your hand in a socket that's fully powered or then using that grace that gives to you eternal life by faith alone. That's the beauty of this whole thing. And so I hope we would run to Christ and not run from him. So that's for those of you. You want to be a believer in Christ, perhaps maybe for just a moment. You have to smell the smoke to get out of the burning building. Just for a moment. You have to realize that it's easier to get saved once you realize how lost you are. Now the second group I'd like to speak to and as much love and that is would be for those of you Christians that are dallying with a double life, a triple life, a quadruple life, a life with plenty of hypocrisy. And I, we all go through periods of that. Nobody's going to be 100% perfect and 100% spiritual. Maybe for that moment when you're asleep, but I don't know. But there are times when we will still mess around with sin. Now, there's going to be those that do a lot of it out of ignorance because when I got saved, there wasn't a lot I knew about what God wanted me to do and how to do this and why I should do it. I didn't know how to access his power. I didn't know the exchange life. I didn't know some of these other truths. I was doing the best I can with what I had, and I was, I was stepping in it, really. But as I continued to grow in the Lord, the Lord, through great Bible teachers, mentors, began to teach me what the Word had to say. Now, that's where some of you are now. 
part of you, this is the first wake-up call in your life as a Christian to realize that you live in the presence of a holy and just God who's going to evaluate everything you think, say, do, and the reasons why you do it, you will have to give it. This might be the very first time that you realize this is true. You kind of thought that. You kind of feel that might be the case. You kind of heard it somewhere out there, but you kind of just went on with life. For you, you're hearing the wake-up call. It's coming. It's happening. Now, that being the case, now you can choose to say, all right, because of that, what do I want to do about it? Well, personally, while that is true... I don't know that that would be the greatest motivator for me to live my Christian life. It is a motivator. It's a very effective one. It is a biblical one. We saw that in Scripture. But at the same time, that now says, if God's grace, watch this, if God's grace now will save me from being condemned under that judgment, then I know that God's grace now can teach me to live a good life, a separated life unto Him. So now, while I know that to be the consequence, my motivation, though, is being thankful for what the Lord has done for me on the cross, and that grace that saved me is the grace that teaches me, that grace that motivates me, all for His love. Are you following me right now? But the problem is, we can do despite to the grace of God, when God then says... As a Christian, yep, you will never be condemned any longer, but yep, you still have to answer to this holy and just God when you want to say, I'm saved by grace, but I want to live like hell. You will have to give an account. Now, for some of you, this is a very painful message because you know it's right. But it's painful and hard because now you say, I've got to make some changes in my life. I saw the squad car out there. I hear my parents coming into the room. And so I know something's happening, but it is so hard. I'm in this relationship. I should get out of it. I've been doing this with my money, and I shouldn't be doing this. I purchased that, and I can't get rid of this thing. I am in, there's so much wrong in my life. Well, you could ignore it and keep on business as usual, but the train's still coming. Or what you can say is, Lord, I'm a broken human being. I'm a broken child of yours. I don't want to live under this guilt. You told me that there is a door out of this guilt. And so it's you, it's your grace and your mercy. So I come before you and I want to tell you, Lord, as humbly as I can, I messed up. Some by ignorance, most by choice. But I've blown it. Lord, will you now help me? I depend upon your strength and your Holy Spirit's sustainability to redirect my life. Would you now, through grace... Help me get into right relationships, clean this relationship up or remove this relationship either by them or by me or by choice. I didn't say kill that other person. Strike him with lightning. Just get in the right direction. And so, Lord, I need to do this. Lord, watch this. However painful it is, I want at the same time to believe that the pain that I'll experience because I know I'm going to choose to do the right thing with my thought, talk, walk, and reasons, that your balm, your salve of grace will help me get through this. And Lord, I'll let you have my life. Now, I don't know who you are, where you are, what you're doing. But now that you've heard this, and if you reject some of this truth, that you know you should receive, you really have an issue. Now it's gone to grieving the Spirit, to maybe quenching the Spirit. The good news is, you won't lose your salvation. The bad news is, You'll be a disobedient child in this family. And God says that there's discipline. Praise God, it's by love. It's His wisdom and He'll know how, when, and how much, and how little. Because it's love, but it's coming. Now the third group I want to speak to will be those of you who already have surrendered your life to the Lord. And maybe for you, just for that moment, this is good for you to realize that there are 
the Holy Spirit, police officers, there's cameras watching you. And for just a moment, say, Lord, I want to thank you for the man or woman of God that you brought into my life that led me to Christ so I would escape that condemnation. I want to thank you, Lord, for that man or woman who came into my life, who helped me to understand that I need to make Christ the Lord of my life, not to get saved, not to stay saved, but because I am saved. He was the Lord who died and rose again. Now he is the Lord of my life as a Christian. And I'm, sur- I'm thankful, Lord, that I had that teaching. Now, Lord, would you help me to go from grace to grace, from growth to growth, John 1. I want to be all that you want me to be, Lord, so continue to help me. I want to thank you that, Lord, that you do see everything that I do, and I don't, I don't deserve you even rewarding me one iota for any good deed that I might do in faith, in love, and for your glory, that you'll reward me. I don't deserve any of that. I am just so grateful that I have eternal life. I'm so grateful that I have a forever eternal relationship with the only God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let that be your continuum. Some of you that were kind of sliding, if there's a slide back, I don't know, some people don't go far enough forward, even go back. But wherever it might be that you're saying, Lord, I'm going I'm to give it all back up to the Lord. So now, back to those other two groups. If you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and His blood can be the fire extinguisher for eternity in your life. His blood can remove all of that. It has done that. It's done that for the majority, if not maybe all of us in this room. He did that. That same righteous, holy God that evaluated everything we did went to the cross and He died for you. And all you've got to do is run to Him by faith and place your faith alone in Him. Those of you who are saying, you know, I've been on both sides of this thing. Would you today say, I want to make the the Lord the Lord of my life. I want Him to be everything to me. And I'm going to do it right now. As a Christian, I've already done my salvation part. I've placed my faith in Christ. Now, I want him to have the complete control. I want him to be the manager in my life. I'll give you one last thought and we'll cover these. I'm sorry. The, I, we went a little long today. I'm, I'm trying to bring this down fast, but I've got to say this. <clears throat> I'm the kind of... you knew, There's a lot of new people here. You wonder, what kind of preaching? You're kind of all over the map sometimes. I mean, theologically, but you're going to... I am going to go expository. In two weeks, I start Romans 8, and I'm going to do an exposition on Romans chapter 8, verse by verse through the book. Four Sundays I'll take to do that. I'm going to teach a book of the Bible after January. We'll get into that. But right now, here's what I'd like you to know. I'm what you call a life application preacher. Life application, I will go verse by verse, but nearly every section I cover is going to stand alone. There'll be a big picture message in each one of those, but we're going to go book by, or passage by passage as I do this. Stay with me now. As I do all of this, I want to make sure that I'm not always spending so much time telling you how you ought to live without at times to let you know why you ought to live this way. And today is the why you want to do the how part over here. Why? Because the Lord is everywhere present in your life. He is holy and just and evaluating everything we think, say, do, and wise. That's the motivation. That propels us to now obey his commandments, and this is how you do that. All right, let me just c- conclude with this. I, I, this is pretty simple at the end. I want it to, pro- pro- to propel you. So what are some wonderful benefits from fearing the Lord? First of all, in the book of Proverbs, fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. When you fear God, that's when you really get wisdom. Now, all of us have to rear children, make decisions perhaps, get a job, live life effectively and successfully, and it, that requires a, a biblical worldview. We're going to call it a biblical wisdom 
versus humanism that is really based upon man's best thoughts. And so I need to fear God because that's the beginning of wisdom. And so apart from really fearing God, and we already learned what that was, we will not have the wisdom of God. Watch this, watch this. This is huge. We want the wisdom of God, but we don't want to pay the price of fearing God. And it's when I fear the Lord that getting the wisdom of God becomes so much easier and we enjoy the sweet taste of its fruit. All right. It can prolong our lives, the fear of God. It can prolong our lives, keep us from evil, and lead us in life. We could talk about disease. We could talk about breaking the laws of man, like speed limits. And we violate that because we don't care about what God sees, says, and does in our life. And so we break the laws. So we have a wreck and we die. All right? So having the fear of God can prolong our lives, keep us from evil, lead us in life. And Psalms is loaded with it. I, I gave you a bunch down here, and you see it in your notes and all that. But I, I want you to do your own scripture search. I urge you moms and dads to get your Bibles out, get a good concordance out, have your kids go through this, get a chart up and look at the phrase, fear the Lord. Fear God, whatever translate, but get a good concordance and make yourself a list and look at it. It's not a list that's going to, watch this, kids, 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 kids. It's not a list that's going to take away your fun. It's a list to show you how to have more fun, surround sound fun in your life that God wants you to have. So what are some practical things you can do? Here they are. You see them. Choose to be aware of God's presence everywhere today and every, every day. Tape God is watching too your television set and computer screen. I know these are kind of earthly things. They're more reminders, so don't make this law. Just make these suggestions. Remember, God is listening to every conversation. Woo! God is listening to every conversation. We might say now he's reading every email. Next, speak to God in prayer about the situations you encounter as you encounter them. In other words, talk to God about everything that you do, including the things that you know you shouldn't be doing. If you're always talking to God... I think that's going to be one of the preventatives from you to maybe change your behavior if you're always talking to God. Because it's hard to talk to God when you're doing moral impurity. It's hard to talk to God when you're greedy. It's hard to talk to God when you're bitter. Okay, Meditate on Psalm 139. That'd be a good one to memorize even. But do your scripture search. And finally, rather than what would Jesus do, you might ask, what is Jesus seeing in my heart right now? Because I want us to live our Christian life from the inside out, not just from a set of rules and all of this. Well, leaving today, I want you to know that God is just and holy. He's everywhere present, evaluating everything you think, say, do, and why. But what kind of a God is also doing this? A God who loves you, who wants to bless you, who's got so much for you that he can't wait to open it up. And everything that he gave to Christ, he's given to you in Christ and when you live a life that exchange life for him as Lord of your life, because he is that kind of a God, he's going to open up the windows of heaven and bless you from the inside out. You might still have flat tires. You might still have relationships that might leave you, but that's okay because he says, I love you and I'll never leave you. Now that's the kind of God we have. Let's worship him in prayer, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I tell you, God is so good. I wish I could parade people in front of you who own this truth and have seen both sides of it when they weren't walking with God and when they were. But for right now, I want you to know that this God says that you are condemned, but that through His grace, mercy, and His loving, sacrificial act on the cross, He is preventing you from being condemned for one nanosecond, forever. 
you will experience the ever-loving favor of God forever. But you now must realize that you are a sinner. That you have missed the mark of God's perfection. You must realize that as a sinner, that there are no good deeds you could do or enough of them to ever make you perfect because you have a history. And so now it's not based on our deed thing, it's based on our believing thing. And so now what you've got to do is transfer your faith from your good works or from your good works and some religious stuff and now take that faith that you have, as little as it might be, and you place it in Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, who went to the cross and rose again for you. You take that itsy-bitsy childlike faith and you place it in an omnipotent, omnipresent God right now. And if you believe that He did that for you and you're receiving from Him the full forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future, then when you sin, that grace has covered you and you still have eternal life. God says, if you sin, I will spank you, but I will not reject you. You want to be here for our study in Romans because I'm going to show you the four things that God teaches from Romans 8 on how to live free. But coming back to this now, is there anyone in here that's ready to place your faith alone in Christ alone right now? And you'd like for me to remember you in prayer as you're having this communication time with God. Is there anyone with heads bowed and eyes closed? All right, Christians, how many of you today, as difficult as it is, you know that you are living in the presence of a holy and just God who is evaluating every thought, every word, every deed, and why you do it. And you know you have to give an account to Him. And there are things in your life that you need to change. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand yet. Is the candle of the Holy Spirit going to the deepest recesses of your mind and your heart, exposing issues in your life? Things that are so private, perhaps only you know about it. And it's making you nauseous. It's making you uncomfortable. You're trying to fight me in your mind, which you're not really going to reject me. You'd be rejecting God, not me. I'm okay if you don't like me. I'm not your savior. You can shoot the messenger, but the message is still out there. But now that that's happening, you know that you've got to do business with it. And you can't do it. That's your first step. I can't do this, Lord. But you can. Therefore, I will. And so, Father, I'm asking you to take over in my life from the inside out. I want you to live that righteous life through me. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going I'm to assume that I'm already dead in you and allow you to be alive in me. And so, Lord, help me through this. Now, my friend, God answers those kinds of prayer requests. How many of you would like to have prayer because you know this is right, and by God's grace and His power, because of love for Him, you're going to trust Him to do this, and you'd like for me to pray for you? Would you slip up your hand? Is your hand up? We know we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to sin less, but we know we're going to sin less. 
Father in heaven, I thank you for our dear people. And we're all kind of in this boat together. We all struggle. We all hurt. We all have needs. And I pray, Lord, more than anything, that I did not paint you as an ugly, morous God who hates, but a God who loves us so much. But with that love, we can only understand the fullness of it when we see your judgment. And so, Father, I thank you that, in a sense, your love trumps your judgment because you sent your Son. But we now have to come to you. And so, Lord, we come humbly, thanking you that you do see everything so you can be there to help us, to take care of us. But it also comes with that you also see the things that hurt you. And so, Lord, we redirect our life by your power for your glory, allowing you to do it through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Oh, 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 oh